Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Well, I pray that Father Daniel is having a good time with the brethren down in Greenville, South Carolina at St. John of the Latter Church. He's uh, there attending an ordination of a friend and uh, uh, as well as a retreat with uh, Bishop Karasim. So, uh, uh, great joy. And to my great joy, I get to play rector. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's sort of, uh, it's, but it's sort of a grandfather role. It's like, you know, they bring the kids over, you play with them, and then you say, here, take it back. <laughs> and so, you know, it's nice to play with you all, but I'll say to Father Daniel, here, take them back when he gets back. So, I was in Loveland, Colorado about three weeks ago doing a retreat in a parish up there and a very wonderful dynamic uh, uh, Orthodox parish and I was in the the nave and getting ready to preach and I look over to my right and there's a step ladder you know and uh, kind of going up and, it's, and it had like uh, uh, little signs on each of the steps going up you know like uh, you know patience uh, you know, prayer, fasting, whatever. It kind of, it, it was. I thought, you know, Saint John leave this here, or uh, is that the latter guy. Um, it's and it, it was obviously show and tell that they were using for their Lenten program. As I said, a very dynamic parish, and uh, lots of children, and uh, and and safety measures like ladders for them to climb on and and fall off of, and. Uh, they had the icon of St. John of the Ladder out. I took one of the children by the hand and to the icon. I said, I'm in this icon. Ooh, you know, because they believe anything about a guy with a beard. And uh, so I pointed out to him the guy falling off the ladder. I said, that's me right there. So uh, I have a lot of, of uh, experience with that. Uh, this Sunday is dedicated to the memory of St. John of the Ladder uh, each year. Uh, in Great Lent. He's called St. John of the Ladder, or more properly, St. John, John of Sinai. He eventually became the abbot of St. Catherine's Monastery uh, on Mount Sinai, uh, sort of the, the oldest Christian monastery, I think, uh, functioning and still in existence. Um, for years, he was uh, a hermit, lived alone in a cave and prayed, but eventually the other brothers begged him to become abbot. So he spent a number of years as abbot of that great monastery as well. But at the, at the begging of the brothers, he also, in his later years, they asked him to please write down instructions, his instructions for them. And he wrote a book that became known as the Ladder of Divine Ascent, sort of climbing up. Uh, it's always funny how you these things, there's a YouTube video about the monastery of Volam uh, that I think that in Russian it actually says uh, the ladder to heaven and uh, the English translation on the YouTube says step to the skies and uh, any of you who know a little Russian understand how you can mess that up but ladder to heaven uh, not skies nibis, but, uh, but to, uh, to heaven uh, I'm going to share a little bit with you from book 4 or chapter 4 we would say uh, it's one of my favorite chapters uh, in the ladder, and it's got just a wonderful story. St. John, at one point in his uh, monastic life, had, had traveled around and visited other monasteries to see how they did things. So they're in the deserts of, of Egypt uh, visiting others, and here's the way he recorded it. He said, terrible indeed 
was the judgment of a good judge and shepherd, which I once saw in a monastery. These are sort of antique translations. For while I was there, it happened that a robber applied for admission. Now, thief, robber, brigand, translated as you will, applied for admission to the monastic life. And that most excellent pastor and physician, he means the abbot of that monastery, ordered him to take seven days of complete rest just to see the kind of life they had in the place. It was very nice. Robber shows up, says, here, take a week, look around, see what you think. When the week had passed, the abbot called him and asked him privately, would you like to live with us? And when he saw that he agreed to this with all sincerity, he then asked him what evil he had done in the world. And when he saw that he readily confessed everything, spilled the beans, uh, he tried him still further and said, I want you to tell this in the presence of all the brethren. Ooh, let's see. Let's see what you think about that. But he really did hate his sin, it says, and scorning all shame without the least hesitation, he promised to do it. And he said, if you like, I will tell it in the middle of the city of Alexandria. Woo, baby, this guy was, should have named him Peter. Uh, that kind of bragging. But he says, he's ready, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my sins behind me. And if I have to go stand on a street corner in Alexandria, I'll do it. And so it says, uh, the abbot gathered all of his sheep in the church, the brothers, to the number of 230, large monastery, 230 brothers. And during the divine liturgy, for it was a Sunday, after the reading of the gospel, he introduced this irreproachable convict. That's an interesting title for him. He said, well, this is great way he introduced him into the midst of the brethren. He was dragged by several of the brethren who gave him moderate blows. I don't know, smack, smack, kind of like at the Oscars or something, uh, you know, moderate blows. They're smacking him and dragging him into the congregation. His hands were tied behind his back and he was dressed in a hair shirt and they had sprinkled his head with ashes. So everyone was astonished at the sight and immediately a woeful cry rang out for no one knew what was happening. What is this? They're dragging some guy in, you know, and he's dressed in a hair shirt and they're beating him up. And, and said, then the, when the robber appeared at the doors of the nave back yonder, when the robber appeared at the doors of the nave, that holy superior who had such love for souls said to him in a loud voice, Stop. You're not worthy to enter here. Uh huh. Dumbfounded by the voice of the shepherd coming from the sanctuary, for he thought, he said afterwards, that he swore this, that he had heard not a human voice, but thunder. Stop. And he instantly fell on his face, trembling and shaking with fear. He who was ready to stand on the streets of Alexandria and shout it is now trembling and shaking with fear. And as he lay on the ground and moistened the floor with his tears, this wonderful physician, the abbot, using every means for his salvation, wishing to give an example of saving and effectual humility, again exhorted him in the presence of everyone to tell in detail all that he had done. 
And with terror he confessed one after another all his sins which revolted every year, not only sins of the flesh, natural and unnatural, with rational beings and with animals, but even poisoning, murder, and many other kinds which it is indecent to hear or commit to writing. And I'm wondering what on earth that could be given the list he's just given to us. And when he had finished his confession, the shepherd at once allowed him to be given the robe of a monk, and numbered him among the brethren. This, I think, is the extreme form of the parable of the prodigal son. This is not the boy seen from afar off, that you rush out and put the robe on him and the ring on the finger and kill the calf. You drag this one in, although he got there voluntarily, but he drags this one in, and they beat on him, and, you know, and have him humiliate himself in the presence of all the brethren, in details, in detail. I mean, I, I don't know about you, the dragging part I could put up with, you know, the ashes on the head, okay, all right. You know, uh, the beating, moderate blows. Uh, <laughs> even that, even that. Uh, I had a big brother, I would welcome moderate blows. Uh, <laughs> but in detail, sharing the tale of my sins in detail for all the brothers to hear. St. John was taken aback by all this, and he said to the abbot, you know, what is this about? And the abbot said to him, sometimes you can only heal shame by shame. Sometimes you can only heal shame by shame. Imagine this man's life if he tried to live among the brethren holding all of that inside him. He came there to get free of his sins. But you and I both know there ain't nothing like holding sins inside you. You know? I mean, everyone you see, you think, oh, I bet he knows who I am. I bet he knows what I've done. I bet they're all talking about me. Now he knows they're talking about him. Now he knows they know what he's done. Now he has voluntarily plunged himself into that public shame and he has been made whole. There is a whole class of saints in the Orthodox Church who have done this uh, thing. Uh, we call them holy fools. Uh, and uh, I mean, we like to read books about holy fools, stories like uh, uh, I think of St. Mary of Egypt to a degree as a fool, but uh, St. Xenia of Petersburg. She's over here, a holy fool, wore her husband's clothes, only answered to his name, uh, acted pretty crazy. Uh, people weren't certain about her. Uh, people mocked her, did things like that. Other great holy fools, uh, St. Andrew in Constantinople, uh, he would take walnuts and throw them, throw them over, don't get any ideas, over the iconostas at the priest during the service. <laughs> I, I, there was an issue, I don't know what it was, but it involved walnuts. And, uh, you know, just other things, these holy fools. Uh, St. Basil, the fool of Moscow. In Moscow, you see the pictures of the, the funny-colored, funny-topped church in the Kremlin, uh, named for St. Basil. It is not named for St. Basil the Great. It's named for St. Basil the Holy Fool. St. Basil the Fool was mostly naked on the streets of Moscow, including in the winter. That's a fool. And, uh, you know, I bet he got cold. And he... But 
and, and he prophesied. He would rebuke people. He would throw things at their houses. He, would, he rebuked Ivan the Terrible to his face and lived. Uh, the hand of God was on him, um, but a holy fool. And they were well known in a lot of Orthodox cultures. Uh, I recently wrote some about the holy fools and it suggested that they are, uh, in fact, uh, the model Orthodox Christian drawn in crayon. Okay? Like the children here drawing pictures of the model Orthodox Christian. And why would that be? St. Paul, writing in the second chapter of his letter to the Philippians, says, Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, something to be clung to, to, to try to reach towards. But instead, he humbled himself, he emptied himself, and became obedient. The God of all humbled himself, emptied himself, and became obedient, even, he said, to death, even death on the cross. Have this kind of mind on you. It, it, like Jesus, who had it all, who could claim it all, who had no need for shame because there was nothing, uh, there's never anything he had done wrong. He's the Lord and King of all. Nevertheless, it says, uh, it, Isaiah said of him, that I turned not my face from the spitting and the shame. This is what he came to do for us. That is his mind for us. And it's not just, oh, thank you, Jesus, you did that for me. This is actually, Paul says, this is the example. This is, if you will, the great holy fool with a capital F, who for our sakes, the wise became the fool, the mighty became the weak. And we're invited to walk in that way, just as the abbot led this robber to walk in that way too. And for him, simply to bear justly the shame that was his. I mean, he's getting off lightly. The guy's a murderer. He's a murderer. And what is he asked to do? To confess it. You and I, in our anger towards others, and our judgment towards others, are, as Christ says, those who commit murder in their hearts. We, in our greed, we steal in our hearts. In our lust, you know, we entertain terrible things in our hearts, and we are all of these things, and yet God only asks of us to bear a little shame. You bring it to confession. We won't even make you say it out in front of all the brethren. You know? Uh, your wife could do that for you. No, sorry. <laughs> I know some stories from Pentecostal days. It's a, it's a, this guy's wife would stand up in the congregation and confess his sins for him. And uh, I remember my father, at a certain point in my life, I was about 10 years old, um, maybe, maybe I guess older, maybe more like 15, who'd reached a, a point in his life um, where... His drinking had got him in trouble. He got pulled for a DUI, and he just needed to try to turn around, and he was looking for what he could do. And so he went back to church, Baptist, and uh, spoke privately with the pastor. And then he himself asked the pastor, could he confess his sins before the congregation? I remember sitting there uh, that Sunday as I watched my father in front of an entire church that had probably judged him long before. And publicly, publicly describing his sins. 
and being received in. It was actually just the beginning of a struggle that would take him years to finish and complete. But the willingness, the willingness to reach out to God, the willingness to humble himself. I mean, I mean, I, a better man than I have yet to become. Willing to go to such lengths to find freedom and liberation and life in Christ. He puts us all to shame in the way we hold back. This is the way, though, that St. John points out to us. The ladder of divine ascent doesn't go up, it goes down. Uh, St. Sophroni said the way up is the way down. In fact, he got so bold, he said the way of shame is the way of the Lord. It's, this is what St. Paul said. And, and it is written into our life as Orthodox Christians. Uh, I, I've commented on this many times before when I see these uh, bumper stickers and talk, that say, or memes on, on Facebook or stuff that'll say, Orthodox, the Marines of Christianity. And I'm thinking, oh, get over yourself. <laughs> I mean, really? Really? You know? Yes, if you want to be a Marine of shame-bearing. You want, to get this, you want to talk about real stuff? Not how much and how well you fasted, but how poorly you fasted. There's more healing in that than there is in all the greatness you might think you could achieve in wonderful kinds of spiritual things. You see, this, this is the wonder and the goodness and the mercy of God. I mean, if great feats get us into heaven, ain't any of us going to get saved? You know? He not only humbled himself, but he came to the humble. He came to those who were not getting it right. And all he asked of us is to join him. He has united himself to us at the very lowest point. He reaches down to us. He comes to us and is crucified between thieves, robbers, murderers. He's, he's come to us so that we, I don't have to climb up to get to him. He's come down to me. And this is our life in Lent. As I tell people, look, if you're keeping a good Lenten discipline, I hope you fail. A good Lenten discipline usually should include three or four falls. You know, when you just come into church and say, I've blown it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Join the club. Join the club. Not because there's great glory in falling, but there's great glory Great glory in joining Christ in his humility. It's his humility that will save us. We are saved in weakness, not by strength. St. Paul said, therefore, I will boast of my weakness. I will boast of my weakness. So I say, there's, there's uh, you know, Christ told us there were prostitutes and tax collectors entering the kingdom of God before us. In my life, there was an auto mechanic confessing his sins before a congregation entering the kingdom of God before me and all of my priestly righteousness. This is, this is the path God has given us. This is the ladder of divine ascent. God, God has described this for us and made it possible. Made it possible. I think that bearing a little shame is the hardest thing you ever do in your life. There's nothing harder. Um, but that's the path. And Christ meets us there. He meets us there and welcomes us home. Prodigal son, robbers of the desert, everyone welcome home.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.